Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. Okay. How are you? You know, I am so good. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so on Friday, it there was like a Christmas tree lighting. Um, in the village where my boyfriend lives and his mom like runs the village events and everything and like there was a carriage ride Aww. um and it was just really cute and it was like very stars hollow um and there was like an ice carver and like kids were meeting santa and it was just like adorable and i had been like um joking um all week about how uh he was gonna propose to me because of course like it was a carriage ride in the christmas tree wedding and like it was like it's way too hallmark for him not to and he was just telling me how annoying i am um (laughs) and then his sister was like i just went wreath shopping and now i'm here and i'm just like trying to figure out where my hallmark man is and i was like (laughs) And I was like, no, Elizabeth, you don't understand. And I told her what I had said about him proposing. And she goes, absolutely not. Because I know it's not about me, but I would need a way better outfit if you guys were getting engaged. (laughs) And And I was like, same. She goes, and obviously I would not let you come dress like that. Not that you don't look good, but, and, and I was like, and she goes, yeah, and we both need our nails done so badly. I was like, thank you. Okay. So I was like, and it was all like silly and everything, but I was like, she had my back. And like, it was just like, I really felt like, oh, like this is, this is my family. Like these are my people. Oh, I love it. And like at one point they, we were taking pictures and everything and they were like, um, they tried to take a family picture and I started to walk away and he grabbed me and he pulled me and he's like, why would you not be in the picture? I was like, oh, that's so sweet. So I'm just happy. Good. Because I have my Hallmark man. You do. Who also is my Shrek, apparently. Okay. Well, we, my my kiddos were doing Shrek Junior for our musical. Right, right. And we were talking about like Rachel, the other director, said that she like super relates to Dragon and Dragon's song about how like everybody always picked her friend instead of her like when she was younger and I was like I well, I was like which makes total sense because I relate to Fiona so bad where she spent her whole life like thinking she had to be this kind of person and this princess to have the fairy tale and then turns out she just had to be like cool with being weird yeah and then she was like no because like Dan absolutely is your Shrek I was like right that's so sweet yeah so I'm good Good. How are you? I'm okay. My apartment's a little cold today, but it's okay. Um, I saw a couple of new shows this week, which always a fan of. Yes. Um, Friday we went and saw Camp Siegfried because it closed on Sunday. Okay. Off Broadway show, um, written by Bess Wall, who wrote um, Grand Horizons, um, which was a Broadway show a couple of years back that I really liked. Had Ben McKenzie in it very nice of course you would do anything for Ben McKenzie 
Yes, correct. And uh, and it was pretty good. It was uh, it was a lot. It was just like about two kids at like a like a summer camp that go okay. through like up and down of emotions during like World War Two times, and they're German and New York. It was a this whole thing. But it, there was only two people in the cast. But it was, it was okay. And then on Sunday, I went and saw the uh, the Rat Trap, which was the first play written by Noel Coward. Nolan Coward. Noel Coward, yeah. Noel Coward, yeah. And uh, it was very good. Apparently, it had terrible uh, reception from, like, the beginning because he's known for writing, like, farces and stuff. And this was more of a, like, dramatic realism play. Okay. It was very good. I really liked it. Um. So I am just in my mindset of being ready to go theater every day of my life. I love that. You're doing so good. Thanks. You too. You know what else I love? What else I'm always in the mood for every day of my life? What would that be? Spirituality. Spirituality. What a what a thing to have. Let's see. I'm just doing a little shuffle. A little shuffleroo. A little shuffleroo. Oh, I think you you needed to do this today and you didn't have time, which is sad. Put on your favorite song and dance your ass off. I did. I might would have fallen over. I was going to say, you might have actually, like, died. But you probably needed that energy. I did need that energy. <laughs> you were correct. You know what gives me energy? What is that? Bates Motown. Doesn't it ever? Doesn't it ever? <sighs> so, for those of you who don't know what you're here for, it is Thriller Thursday. And we are watching Bates Motel, season two, episode four. Six. Season four. You just said season two. Season four, <laughs> because I am still in Sci-Fi Sunday, where we are in season yes. two. Correct. Um, thank you. We are indeed in season four. Yeah. Um, it is called There's No Place Like Home. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. So it aired April 25th of 2016. It was okay. rated 8 out of 10. Nothing's changed. No. So oh, nothing. Movie's Jungle Book. The book is The Obsession by Nora Roberts. So. Okay. Everything is the same. Um, but on this day, it is 107th year um, celebration of An- Anzac or Azanac Day. Okay. Um, in Australia. And yeah. And where they celebrate um, after the end of the war of the Gallipoli Peninsula in World War One. Yes. And it is also known as Alice Day. As in the connection between Alice Little or Liddell and Lewis Carroll. And okay. last but certainly not least. Oh boy. It's World Penguin Day. It's who? World Penguin Day. Oh, I do love a good penguin. I love a good penguin. There's nothing I love more except Sadie. Oh, Sadie, you made it of a penguin. I know. I know. So, um, get ready because things are heating up. Our director 
is the one and only Nestor Carbonell. I know. I know. I love, I love that man. The writers are the same, although at this point, Philip Buser has been upgraded. Okay. He has been upgraded from staff writer to story editor to full writer at Ooh, this point. Look so he is still consistently a writer, but he is just about upgraded from the bottom to the top. Okay. And um, I also didn't have a lot of guest stars to really discuss. Um, so I'm going to talk about Kelly Ruth Mercier. I think is how you say her name. Okay. Um, she's Canadian. And she plays Nurse Penny. Um, not okay. Full, but she is in four episodes. And we've seen her in two already. Um, one she was uncredited in. Okay. She is known. Her most well-known role is for Snowpiercer, the show. Um, okay. Which I have not watched. I don't know anything about. Um, but that it exists. Yeah. And Good Doctor and Dirk Gently. Okay. Um. She does have a movie coming up called The Night Agent, where she's playing a waitress. Um, she doesn't have a ton of credits, but she has some. Um, her nickname, because I thought it was cute, is K. Roo. That's adorable. It's adorable. She uh, is from the same hometown as Elliot Page. Okay. I... I'm just grasping at straws at this point. They were <laughs> these were all things in her bio. Um, <laughs> she was married 12 years to another actor named David Richmond Peck. They got divorced in 2011. He has also been in some small roles, nothing huge. Okay. Um, and her daughter has even been in, is starting acting, and she has been in um, the new Apple TV show Trying. She has a role in her name is Piper okay. Mercier. Okay, and um. She has, like, one other role that she was uncredited as a child. Like, a child child. Um, yeah. And that's that's that. I don't have a lot of a lot of real intro because there wasn't a lot of it. That happens. And we are getting towards the end of the show. So, right. they're probably not going to be just introducing a ton of new characters coming up. Right. So, there we go. Um, we have our flashback that runs through a lot, of, a lot of good things and throws us back into another session with Dr. Edmund, where we learn in the last session, Norman had another blackout because it seems that he's having a blackout every time he meets with Dr. Edmonds. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, did it happen again? Yes. Yes. It did. All the time. And Dr. Edmonds is like, I can't make sure you don't have these blackouts. We're going to help you through them, but I can make sure you're eating because he's brought him lunch because he's concerned about Norman's well-being as any normal person would be. It, because this man is the only person saving us in the show. The um, only, the only one. Yeah. Um, And then we do a quick flash over to Norma and Alex who are making love and it is very light and bright in the scene it is yeah. very clearly a, a very happy scene i put that there's too much happiness in this scene i said i said they look so happy i love it yeah well you know that's not gonna last forever so of course not but like 
Let me hurt so I can. Yeah. And uh, as they get up to get ready for work, Norma starts wandering around again, as she likes to do in the beginning of episodes. And she goes to look in Norman's room, and she's sad. Um, and she sees his dead dog. I was like, that fucking dog. I know. And then we switch back to Norman, who is recreating his dead dog in like a... Paper mache. Um, paper mache. Gross. And we see Julian is coming back to his own person. He's starting to kind of like not become a zombie anymore from his medication, which is nice for him. Um, And then Norman starts looking at the papers that he's putting on his fake dog. And he starts piecing some things together. And the picture that he's created is of Norma and Alex with a credit stating that they have just become, just gotten married. I said, oh, fucking no. Yeah. And that's where we go to the credits, which is very apt, very apt. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to Norman and Norma and Alex, and she is sure becoming a housewife. Like, she's getting ready to, like, sew some curtains, and she tells Alex she wants to start gardening and growing vegetables and all this stuff. And he's, of course, very supportive because he loves her. I I wrote that I wish that this was a show that was just about two broken people falling in love and starting over and Uh, not all the bullshit that I've watched. Wouldn't that just be beautiful? I was like, I would watch the shit out of the show where Norma and Alex discover their trauma and then, like, get over it together. Right, and then no one else exists. Yes. Fuck the rest of the show. Right, that would be so lovely. Unfortunately, that is not the show we are watching. Maybe that's the show we write. We'll see. Maybe, maybe. Um, so they're very honest with each other now. A little too honest, maybe. But she finally tells him she has no money. She's yeah. like, I know I kept saying everything was expensive, but also like literally everything's expensive. Like I can't even pay my bills. And he's like, Oh, well, here's this just like whole like new box full of money that you could just have. And she's just like, oh, where did this come from? And he's like, Bob Paris. I'm like, we're we're too open now. No, no secrets. Like, sure, maybe you shouldn't have secrets with your partner, but you also shouldn't kill people. So, like, I think if you're going to hide murder from your partner, that's not as bad as the actual murder. It's not good. Yeah, yeah, but, like, I'm going to be honest, if I murdered someone, Dan would absolutely know. I although, mean, although, to be fair, Dan is such a good person that if I murdered someone, I'm like 97% sure he'd help put me away. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because, if I murdered someone, I would also know. And Monica would also know. And Teresa would also know. <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay, so I have a big mouth, so I couldn't actually murder anyone. But, like, if I could manage to secretly murder someone and only tell one person, that person would be Dan, and he would testify against me in court. Good for him. That's why we like Dan. <laughs> We're going to keep you around. If only so that you could testify against him in court when, when necessary. Even though, if you're married, there is a spousal privilege, and they do not have to testify against you in court. 
Yeah, well, since he won't put a fucking ring on it, he'll have to testify against me in court. So there we go. You just can't ever get married so that if needed, he can testify against you. Sorry. Do not wish that upon me. <laughs> it's fine. I'll testify against you. Oh, We're not getting married. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. So they're just kind of satisfied with this Bob Paris getaway cash. And the phone rings. And as all good things come apart in this show, it's Norman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alex answers the phone. And Norman's not happy about it. No, no, he's not. And he's trying to drag it out of normal without telling her that he, uh, that, uh, he, uh, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. He knows. Yeah. And so Norma straight up starts lying about it. She's like, yeah, I was getting the window fixed and that's why Alex is here. It's like, okay. But also, like, why is he answering your phone? Like, if he's just there to get a window fixed, why is he answering your phone? Because they're friends. Everything's cool. We're happy. But, like, I'm still not going to answer my friend's phones usually. I mean, depending on the friend, I guess. Yeah. No, I usually wouldn't answer. Right. Most of my friends' phones. Um, like, if I know who's calling, I might answer. Yeah. Like, if Caitlin calls Rachel's phone, I'm going to answer it. Like, no question. Right. But, like, right. you know, otherwise. That was what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, if I was with you and, Kate, if I was with you and, like, Caitlin or Montana called, I might answer your phone. But, like, if your mom called, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. Totally fair. And this is the throwback 1960s set in the 2000s, so we don't have caller ID. Um, and it's a house phone which is just like a whole other thing because like who uses a house phone right well Norma don't you know that's true because she's a hundred years old right and um among the other bad things going on in this conversation Norman says he's coming home yeah for those of you watching on Peacock that's also where you get a commercial break unless you pay too much money for your Peacock like I do Right. Well, I've already paid too much because I didn't even know I had it for a few months, so it's fine. Um, But when we come back, he starts talking to every. He starts talking to the nurse Penny, we've talked about, yes. and he says he's ready to check himself out. And she's like, "Okay, that's not really how that works." Correct. Right. Like, no, no, I've checked myself in, therefore I can check myself out. And she's like, "Okay, well." <laughs> Here's the thing, you checked yourself in to a facility where you admitted that you were not in full control of your mental, like, faculty and signed your ability to check yourself out over to mental health care professionals. That's quite literally what you did. Therefore, you can't just walk out. Right. You're going to have to, like, wait a 72-hour hold. You have to be, like talk to by your doctor and like get a recommendation and all of this and like have a a plan for treatment outside of the facility like it's a it's an ordeal right and this is the beginning of the end because this is the first time we've seen him be this charming like we've seen him be charming but it wasn't always like also it's also like not it's not even i don't even think it's charming i think it's like icky no i think it's icky for sure (laughs) but i think that's the like 
play out that's happening. Cause he's, but no, because then he starts like threatening them. He's like, well, if I can't just walk out, what happens if I don't pay my bills? Then he'll just kick me out, right? Like, it's like aggressive. Like, yeah. I don't know. But I think that's because he hasn't figured it all the way out yet. Yeah. I think this is kind of like his transition into being his trap. You know? He gives gives me the ick. Yeah. And uh, so she's like, yeah, well, you're all paid up for at least three months. So So not going to happen. But that's even longer than the 72-hour hold. And she's like, your stepfather paid for it. And that just sets him off again. Throws him over the fucking edge. Yeah. So... Good times. Um, and from that chaos, we go into another chaos where Emma and Will are arguing about Audrey. And Emma is saying she, how much she wants to talk to her mom. And she he's like, you really should. She's a mess. And then Dylan walks in with breakfast and bless his heart. He immediately gets dragged into it. Yeah. I said, don't worry, Emma. You can't see her. She's dead. Right. Exactly. There's like no conversation to be had. But they don't know that right now. Right. Okay. Uh, so then will's like back me up dylan you know she was crazy and dylan's like uh she was complicated (laughs) okay that's the understatement of the year but she was complicated before she walked in the door like true 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 oh dylan and then he's talking to Emma about it and she's like her phone's no longer in service she's like I don't know what's going on either she forgot to pay the bill or she forgot to tell us she changed her number or she deliberately didn't tell us she changed her number and like maybe she just doesn't care and um they're just having a a real sad time when we go back to Rebecca and Alex and we have a brief moment with her where she's telling him that first of all she's like i'm here on official business because of your uh dual bank account and he's like okay you're not but okay like all right sure sure and she tells him that she's going back to indiana which like shocking we knew she was leaving because she just got all of bob harris's money yeah so like we knew it was gonna happen um but it also does look hella sketch because he did just tell her that the DEA was asking about her. Yeah, I was, like, mad, though. I was like, no, please leave. Go away. I don't want to be here. Yes, like, I'm absolutely ready for her to leave. She's just in the way. But also, like, I mean, it's sketchy for her, but whatever. Um, But she does say she's, like, she's going home to see her sick mother, and if the DEA has any issue with that, they can take it up with her. I was like, alrighty. Yeah. Fine. Fine. So someone else making bad decisions because this episode's a little skippy. So here we go. Yep. Ryan is skipping therapy because he's decided he's going to be discharged. So he needs to write a letter. And he's uh, talking to um, Dr. Edwards comes to see him and he's like, Hey, why aren't you in therapy? And he's like, I have to write this letter to be discharged. He's like, okay, but why aren't you in therapy right now? Like, I understand right. what you're saying, but that's still 72 hours away. And uh, this is where we see him first trying to manipulate Dr. Edwards because he's like, well, as it says in the letter, 
I do want to continue treatment. I think that it's helpful. But also, my blackouts have increased since I've been here. He's like, isn't that what you said? He's like, well, yeah, but that's because we're working on it in therapy. And it just, that's that's how it works. Yeah, it triggers you. Yeah. And he's like, well, I just want the medication. And he's like, well, you can also look into that, too. And then he starts threatening Dr. Edwards. <sighs> oh, shitbag. Yeah. And he's like, so I'm going to make note. He's like, should I mention in my letter that you recommended this medication and then told me you wouldn't give it to me in your medical opinion? And Edwards is just like super quiet. Like, what do you say? What do you say of this? Yeah. Like, I can't with him. Mm. But, uh, <sighs> Dylan. Oh, Dylan. He walks into the Bates house. I'm also very sorry. I'm just like talking very quickly. No, um, it's fine. I, most of my comments are just like, I hate you. You suck. This is stupid. Go away. Home is the worst place. Psychopaths are the worst. I hate. Like, so I don't have a lot to contribute other than Norman sucks. Right, like a, a summary of like feelings for Norman. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Totally. It's not. Totally fine. Um, but yeah, so Dylan walks into the Bates home and it's like silent, but not. He's like, there's no one here, it seems, but then there's like jam making on the stove. Right. I was like, I wrote Susie Homemaker over here living my dream. Right. And he goes downstairs and Norma's like sewing away at her curtains. Yeah. And She's just, like, hella chill about him moving now. She's like, oh, Dylan, it's so great to see you. She's like, you and Emma are leaving so soon. Let's do dinner. Let's do the Christmas tree thing. And she's like, "Uh, yeah, okay. Sure. And uh, she's just, like, super perky, super, like, happy. It's There's light in the basement, which is weird. And then about Norman. And she just, like, doesn't answer him at first. He's like, so have you heard from Norman? And she just completely ignores him. Mm-hmm. And then he asks her again. Yeah. And she starts getting like fussy about it. She's like, it's not, it's fine. Yeah. And he's like, it's really not. She's like, no, no, no. It's it's all for the best. And uh he she's like, he wanted to come home. I told him he couldn't. And he's like, good, don't and she's like, well, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna let him. He's like, okay. But he also tells her, he's like, Norma, I have to tell you something. And her first response, she goes, oh, my God, did Emma die? I was like, what? What a leap. What a fucking leap that was. I was like, I was like, who are you? Okay. And then Dylan, of course, who, like, uses his brain, he's like, no, I just told you we'd go to the Christmas tree thing. Like, right. Why would I take someone who's dead to a Christmas tree thing? Like. (laughs) come on so it's the news that he wanted to bring up was not about emma specifically but about audrey because he found the letter audrey wrote in norman's room and norma's like okay what of it and he's like what of it oh yeah and he's like yeah well she checked in and she didn't check out and Norma just keeps lying to him. He's like, she checked in here, and he's, she's like, no, he didn't. No, she didn't. And he's like, yeah, she did. He's like, she's like, so? It's like, 
So I don't know. Why would you lie about it if it's not that big of a deal? Right. He tells her, he's like, I'm pretty sure Norman killed her. You know how he gets violent. You know how he does this. And she's like, just losing it. She's like, absolutely not. She's like, why would this happen? This is insane. Yeah. And then I was just like, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't know what else you can tell her. But uh, he's telling her, (laughs) and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go. But I just wanted to let you know, and <laughs> she tells me, via con Dios. And I was like, okay, Norma. <laughs> like, so fucking weird. Like, I'm pretty sure that's go with God. It sure is. And I was like, that is such a, like, threatening thing to say. <laughs> yeah. And she was re- if she was super religious, it wouldn't be threatening. But, like, because she's Norma, it's like, what? Right. Like, Rachel's grandmother, every time we leave, she says frog, which is fully rely on God. And yeah. she's super religious. And so it's, like, non-threatening. It's, it's just, like, that's just, like, her thing. And you're right. just, like, you just accept it. You're, like, okay. But when Norma says, via Candidos, that sent shivers up my spine. It was, like, I don't yeah. think I would go for God. I don't know who you're speaking of. But it right. does sound like a good time. I would, I would have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, and uh, but nonetheless, Norma is very angry now because while she will not say it explicitly, she definitely also believes Norman killed Audrey. Yeah, that's that's it's, kind of the thing there. No, and she has for a while, but now other people are saying it, and that like ruins her whole vibe. Right, it's one of those things that like you can ignore it as long as no one else says it out loud. But as soon as someone does, you have to accept it. Yeah, and that it's not good. Right, and um other things Norman does that are not good. We go back to him daydreaming about Norma and Alex. Did you say gay dreaming? I didn't. I said daydreaming. But <laughs> you don't know why that that's that is almost a big a leap is what Norma makes <laughs> about Emma. <laughs> but no, he's daydreaming. Ew, Norman, stop. Yeah, because he just, so many things are wrong with him. And it looks like he's so disconnected that he, like, doesn't see anyone around him. And then we kind of come back to reality, and Julian is there. (laughs) And he tells Julian he's leaving. He's like, I figured it out. He's like, I don't need to be here anymore. I'm going to go. And, like, even Julian knows he should be there. I was like, but also, like, the... The way he talks to Julian in the scene, I was so angry. I was like, who do you think you are? Right, right. This is your, like, one friend who shouldn't even be friends with you because he's got enough on his plate as it is. Right. And, like, he's telling him, like, he knows he should be there. He's like, they're not going to let you out. Like, I've met you. They're not going to let you out. And he's like, no, I know how to make it. I know how to make it happen. I know how to make them do what I want. I was like, he's figured out that he can manipulate people, not just yeah, Baxter. It's not a good place to be. No. Nope. No, it is not indeed. And uh, he's just snappy at Julian. He tells him he's not worth anything. And he's like, you're never getting out. He's like, that's why you're never getting out of here. And I am. And it's like, okay, calm down. First of all, right. he about the first time. Like, you would still be out if it weren't for like, you blacking out mm-hmm. and so like it is what it is 
Yeah. And then, of course, because Norman has decided he's coming home, Norma goes to talk to Dr. Edwards to be like, look, this is a terrible idea. And he's like, yep, totes agree. No no questions here. (laughs) And uh, so she's like, oh, well, then why are you not keeping him here? And he's like, technically, he checked in voluntarily. Therefore, technically, you can check out after 72 hours. Right. And he's like, but let me tell you, he's like, I can petition the court if there's reason for me to believe that he should remain here because he's a harm to himself or others. Yeah. And she's just like, he's not violent. He goes, um, never said he was violent. Like, so, yeah. So thank you for telling me he is violent. That's exactly what you just said. Great. Definitely violent. Yeah. Good to know. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, but you can also petition the court for custody, which would be a much better win than if I just kept him here longer because you would right. then have full control over him. And she's like, well, then I'd be the bad guy. And he's like, just telling you all your options. Yeah, like, you would be the bad guy. You're correct. But, like, maybe you need to be the bad guy. Just maybe it's about time that you were. Yeah, just a, just a thought. And um, what, a, what do I know? And what? So what do I know? Right. And uh, so finally, she's just like, "Okay, I think I'm going to talk to Norma." And he's like, I "Think that's a great idea?" And she's like, "Can you help me?" And he's like, "Absolutely, no question. I would love to. I help would you. love to help you with that. Oh, there's a range of time. Anything that gets him not out on the street where he doesn't need to be." Right. So great. We have a plan in place. And so does Dylan. He decided he's going to hunt down Audrey. So he called her landlord. I don't even know how he got this number. But he found her landlord's information. Oh, I guess he looked up the address. He looked up the address, yeah. Um, And he's like, I'm looking for Audrey. One of your tenants, Audrey. She's like, yeah, me too. Because it turns out she hasn't been there in ages. She's four months behind on rent. And they've just shipped all of her stuff out so that they could um, evict her because she's four months behind on rent and not answering her phone. And he's like, oh, I'm I'm her cousin. I was just trying to get in touch with her. And he's <laughs> like, oh, what did she, so what did she leave there? And they're like, she left everything. Everything, yeah. Like, okay, that's a little bit much to leave, like, if you're planning on not coming back, <laughs> like you'd think you'd take the essentials, which just confirms what he already knows. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. In an unfortunate but not unexpected turn of events, Norma and Norman finally have their conversation. And mm-hmm. she's trying to convince him to stay. She's using. A- Clearly, all of the techniques that Dr. Edwards is trying to get her to say to make him, like, stay there, finish his, like, time out, do some, like, work on himself. And he starts snapping. And he is like, is that coming from you or your husband? And it's like, Because bless her heart, she can't just be like, you're right. She's like, what are you talking about? She just keeps, she just starts lying to him again. Right, and it's like, you can't, like, obviously he knows. Like, if you, if no one else know, like, told him. Right. You know he knows. Like, just yeah. go with it. You have to find an explanation. 
So finally she tells him that it's all about the insurance, etc. And after he's gone through this hateful mode that he goes into now, he switches back to his sad little boy mode where he gets away with anything from Norma. And And I just um, got so mad. I was like, why do we continue? And this is like a criticism of like adults in general. Why do we continue to let parent children, parent parents? That is an excellent question that I wish I had the answer for, but I very much do not. Very much do not. Because it is just asinine. Truly, truly asinine. And Norma is worst of all. Worst of all. Um, but speaking of bad parents, we go back to Dylan and Emma and Dylan, of course, just tells them everything. And I'm like, you don't even know all the answers yet. I'm like, right. you think you do, but you're now just setting her up for feeling even worse because she doesn't know. Like now it seems like Audrey like left her, left her again, which maybe that's best for her to think, but also like give it some time figure out if that's what it is or not it's been like 30 seconds since you last checked right so he's telling her everything and i also want to know i don't know if this was like a meant to be part of the scene because dylan's running ragged but he looks sickly in this scene and i don't know if like max terrio was sick or if dylan was meant to look run down right i don't know that's a good question um I didn't notice it though, but also I was too busy thinking how sad it was that Emma really truly thought her mom was a terrible person when it, she's definitely just dead. Right. I mean, she may also be a terrible person, but she's also that's true. Right now, she's just dead. Um, but yeah, and it also could have been the lighting that added to it because there was definitely darker lighting in the scenes. That's totally fair. There and there hasn't been really dark lighting in their scenes for a while. But it's, it's like it's shifted gears to where Alex and Norma are kind of like the fairy tale light couple. Yeah. And Dylan are going down this like spiral of finding out bad information that's not not good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Emma then almost has a breakdown and she's just like, Oh, my mom just doesn't want me. That's all it is. And he says, Well, I want you. Because yeah, I was- love you. And I was like, mm. Oh, it doesn't respond, but it was still a cute moment. It was. I bet she loves him too. She probably does. She's just probably like, not the time to tell me you love me when I'm crying over my mom, but thanks. Right. right. (laughs) We also already knew he loved her. Like, oh, for sure. He's so, so obsessed with her. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, we have to go back to the doctor and Norman. And Norman's still working on his paper mache dog. And the doctor's trying to reason with him because it's like, clearly Norma did not get through to him. Right. Like, let's talk this through. He's like, this is good for you. You know, it's helping. And Norman, again, starts using his tears to his advantage. He's like, you know, he was like, I can't do this without you. You know, I need you here. He was like, why not let the two people who care about me the most both be involved so I can go home with my mom. And I was like, don't you let him psychoanalyze you. Right. I literally was like, this is, I wish this was not the most convincing lie I've ever seen. I know. I was like, but I was like, based on this, like you can tell how much of a psychopath he's truly become because as soon as Dr. Edwards leaves, 
the tears stop. Yeah, it was like, so bad. It was simply a tool of manipulation. And, ugh, ick, ick. Yeah. And, uh, but then we go home to cute Norma and Alex. And Alex has bought a TV. And he's watching the sports on it. And he tells her, he's like, I bought you a TV. And she just looks at him. He's like, okay, I bought us a TV. Right. He's so cute. And um, he even rented movies that he knew she was like. Like, oh, he's just so good. good. But then we get whiny Norma because she starts to tell him every way she's messed up with Norman. She's like, I know I shouldn't have, but I think it's best he comes home, blah, blah, blah. And you can hear it in her voice that she's not only trying to convince him, that she's trying to also convince herself. Like, yeah, she, because like, she's so conflicted about every choice she makes for Norman because Mm -hmm. she always makes the wrong one. So totally fair that she's conflicted over it. Yeah. But Alex is like, you know, I think I'm ready to be a father. It's like, "Mm." (laughs) I don't know if this is the one you should start with. Right. I would not recommend um, your first outing as stepfather being with that. Right, right. Not with a psychopath. It's a choice, yeah. But of course, it wins Norma over, and she's just like, I love you, I love you, I love you. Mm-hmm. A lot of love in a lot of wrong places. Not a fan. And the last full scene of this episode. We are back at Pineview. Norman is looking in the mirror and we start seeing him give that smirk to himself that normally we've only seen in the past when he's blacked out. And as he's walking through, this was some of my favorite camera work in the episode. You can tell on every person's face that he shouldn't be there, like he shouldn't be leaving, but also... It's for a brief moment before they're completely blurred out. Every person is blurred out. Every item is blurred out. It is just Norman and his one set mind to get out of the door. And it made it so much creepier. He walks up to the doctor and he's like, are you ready to go? And he's like, yep. And he like walks him over to Norma who walks out. And it was like such a choice because you have this really blurry scene where nothing is clear, nothing is even. And then you walk out the door and the two of them blur, but the light is just shining down on them the whole time. And it's like, I think we've transitioned this show from everything light is bad and everything dark is good. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like with Emma and Dylan being in the dark now with dark things happening. Yeah. They're still probably the light in the show and then you have the light of norma and norman walking out and that's probably the darkest scene in this episode yeah it was it was was a very good choice it made me angry i hated it i wanted to die but it was a very very good choice it was and as soon as you have the lights that switch over and they're at the house it switches to and it was just like like this episode was like up and down it was okay like eight is a higher number than i might would have given it but this last scene mm-hmm. not, yeah like no question for, for sure we see him in the mirror 
until it cuts off with them walking up to the house was just like chills. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and that's how it ended with them walking up to the house for potentially the last time. Who knows? I feel like that's the feeling I got was like, this is the last time you see this happen. <sighs> yeah. Hate it. Hate it here. Yeah. So, uh, who do you want to punch? Norman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. Norman. Thousand percent. Ugh, ugh, there's no question. Yeah, he was obviously also my number one. Um, but I also, my second was Norma. Fair, because she doesn't know how to parent. She doesn't know how to parent and she just gives in. While it's in her nature because of what she's been through. Yeah. There's a time and a place. You got to figure it out once you become a parent. That's a whole different mm-hmm. ball game. Yeah. So who's your MVP? Was there? I think so. I think there was one. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Emma because she didn't really contribute a lot to this episode. But, like, she's going through it emotionally, which is sad. But unlike the rest of our characters, when she's going through it emotionally, she just cries. She doesn't, like, fucking kill people or snoop in other people's business or, like, accuse other people of shit that they... And she doesn't even, like, whine to others. Like, if people come up and talk to her about it, she'll talk to them about it. She doesn't right. her emotions, but she doesn't yeah. like, put it on anyone else either. Correct. She is. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Emma. That is an excellent choice. Um, in the same vein, I went with Will. Okay. Because I know it was a little iffy on why he was yelling at her about her mom, but he has only wanted what's best for her. He's been a single parent since her mom walked out. He's been dealing right. with her, and he's while some of the things could have been said better, he was telling the truth. He's like. She had a daughter that like was gonna die, and, and now not like it's all yeah. kind of, like it's kind of a harsh truth, but also like he's like I'd rather be like harsh with you now than you have to deal with the pain from it later, right? Which is totally fair. Like I mean, for the most part, people need to learn it on their own, so she's probably gonna need it to learn it on her own anyways. Yeah, he's just trying so hard to protect her. Mm-hmm. I agree. And um, some fun facts. Please tell me. Um, they played Beyond the Sea. I think that's what Norma was listening to when she was sewing. I yes, it was. It, it was. Um, which is very fun because I just watched an episode of X-Files called Beyond the Sea. And that. it was very creepily used and I loved it. So a lot of creepy versions of Beyond the Sea. Um, also when she's mentioning how she's going to like spruce up the house, she mentions, um, re, mm, oh, she mentions getting a fruit cellar set up. Yeah. A reference to the original film. Okay. Uh-huh. And, uh, also there's, uh, when Norman's working on his paper mache dog, he's left by himself and he has a palette knife. And okay. while, like, that is probably how you do paper mache, I have not. 
Yeah. That's probably not what you should give someone in a mental institution. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I see the issue there. And last but not least, um, the fact that Norman put together all of these newspaper pieces and never read the paper makes it seem like they're not allowed to read the paper because they aren't allowed to have contact with the outside world unless specifically requested. Oh, yeah. Um, so this feels like they weren't allowed to have it, but then, like, when he's leaving, there's just a man casually reading the paper. And so it's, like, maybe a break in continuity of, like, they don't have outside world privileges, but then sometimes they do. Mm, yeah. So, I don't know if that was mentioned. I thought that one was hit or miss, but it is what it is. Um, do yeah. you have any um, predictions or thoughts or... My predictions and thoughts are just all over the place. I don't really know what to make of what's happening in the show. I Dylan is going to figure out what happened to Audrey. It's going to break Emma. Um, I'm terrified that Norman's going to kill Alex. Um, how many episodes do we have till the finale? Three? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, not gonna make it. I think that's I think that's fair. Um, I definitely think we're coming up on like I think he's gonna figure out Audrey, if yeah. not at this episode, the one after. I don't even think we're gonna have to wait till the end of the season to see that. No. Um, just because he is so close to it. Mm -hmm. Um I think Norman's gonna kill someone immediately. Yeah. Um it's a real bummer. Um but yeah, and I think that that was the last shot we saw of Norman and Norma walking into the house together. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty solid prediction, really. Because mm -hmm. it was just kind of like end of an era feeling, you know? Yeah, I could see that. I could for sure see that. So, But I also think that's going to be the last half moment they have. Oh. Because I think Norman's going to that's so, for yeah, that's so depressing. Yeah. Well, that is how we like to leave things for you, isn't it? Depressing um, mode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. If you are also depressed at the end of this episode because you know something bad's going to happen, um, tell us your feelings. We'd love to talk to you about feelings. Yes. We have a lot of them. Um, you can email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can follow us everywhere at Death and Aliens. You can follow me at cecloud13. And you can follow me everywhere at e-m-k-a-y underscore superstar. And we will see you on what is definitely a lighter note on Sci-Fi Sunday and on Christmas. Yes. Um, for sci-fi Sunday, so Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Side. Hopefully it's not this dark. <laughs> <laughs>